0: Welcome to Collaborating, the podcast series of the Collaborative for Business Development. Welcome back to Collaborating, the podcast that focuses on all things revenue, best and best practices in sales, marketing, and eliminating organizational obstacles to success. So kicking off with this episode, number 25, we start an occasional series on sales negotiation. Not gonna talk about this every episode. In fact, next episode, we have something special planned, but I will touch on this over the next several episodes occasionally. Now, sales negotiation differs from selling, it's selling discussions in that the salesperson is now past the point of gathering info, clarifying needs, providing information about your products and services, and all the other things that you generally think of in managing the sales process. You're really now at the end of the sales process, and you're in those final stages where the customer or the prospect is very likely to buy. They've given you all the buying signals. You're moving into perhaps contract negotiations or even just before that, where you're starting to summarize the key points that will lead to the deal being done. In in hundreds of sales negotiations, both as a participant and as an observer, either as a sales director or in my role here at the Collaborative, I've observed what I believe are the 10 most frequently committed and most damaging crimes... <laughs> sales negotiators commit. You'll see that about half of these need to be dealt with before anybody says a word in the negotiation. In fact, we could usefully think about all of these prior to the negotiation. We need to prepare emotionally as well as arming ourselves with information prior to negotiating. Half of the outcome of the negotiation is probably determined before we ever meet face-to-face or on the phone to take it to this final step so in no particular order here are the 10 most egregious sales negotiation negotiating crimes number one inadequate planning time I'm not suggesting overkill I don't mean that you should lay out a 20 page document for every sales negotiation you're involved in maybe just five minutes roughing it out on the back of an envelope on a piece of paper But how many salespeople don't even spend that energy in anticipation and preparation? Salespeople tend to be competitive by nature. They prefer action. Let's get in there face-to-face and pin this down. But the lack of planning and really strategizing first can be a significant downfall. Number two, weak information gathering. Information gathering and then aggregating it happens both during planning and face to face. So this happens in the earlier stages of the sales process, but in both stages, whether it's in the planning stage or face to face, as you're really negotiating, the earlier it happens, the better. The sooner you can understand all of the customer's objectives, demands, and requests, the more profitably you can energize the trade-off process. The basic negotiating strategy is to replace concessions with trade-offs. That is, what will you give me if I give you something? The sooner we have this information, the more effectively you can strategize about the trade-off, the trade-off process and the trade-offs that you're willing to undertake. Number three, failing to negotiate internally first. And we've seen this one a lot. One truism in business is that from time to time, somebody in finance, operations, or customer service there at your firm will accuse a salesperson of making unrealistic promises to a prospect who is now a customer. This is at least half true. Some salespeople are so concerned that they will lose a deal if they don't agree to a particular customer or prospect demand that they do agree to it without checking and hope for the best. But the other half is that the customer who claims that a promise was made, when at best it was only discussed, and more often was only the customer's assumption. The fact is, it is the salesperson's responsibility to clarify assumptions, to define the loose ends, and to negotiate those with his or her own people before that prospect, now customer, assumes a commitment. Number four, a rigid mindset. To go into a negotiation with a clear set of objectives is good, but to go into it with a totally non-negotiable list of items is bad. It ties the customers hands, generates frustration, and invites deadlock. Ask for a little more than you expect to get on most of those items. First of all, you may actually get what you ask for, but more importantly it gives the customer an opportunity to engage in trade-offs and to sense some small victories. Number five, giving concessions too early. A part of this crime is poor preparation. Since we know the customer will probably ask for a concession or many, we should be prepared for it. Yet time and time again, we see salespeople agree to some concession very early on in a negotiation without even testing it. Agreeing to concession demands too quickly teaches the customer bad habits. Respond to those demands with the reasons why your offer is at that level find out what other concessions the customer may be seeking and when you do respond to a concession demand respond with a trade-off suggestion rather than a concession and another downside of giving in too early is what we discussed in point number three about failing to negotiate internally typically when you give concessions too early, give too many of them they come back to bite you when the customer is now when the prospect is now a customer in that they expect that all the time, and you get a lot of PO'd customer service people saying, how did you set these people up to always expect to get something? So don't commit this crime. Number six, responding too quickly to each demand. This is similar to giving concessions too early, but may involve an array of secondary issues and details. Try first to get the customer's complete set of demands and requests on the table before responding. Once you understand the customer's complete list, it gives you the opportunity to tie various items together to offer trade-offs and, in some cases, to merely sidestep unimportant items. In selling, we generally answer each objection as it comes up, but in negotiating, we try to get the complete list of demands on the table first. A list of negotiable items is not a list of objections. Crime number seven. Not calling a timeout. Some salespeople seem to feel incompetent if they can't respond to a customer demand, a prospect demand, immediately. Responding inappropriately is far more incompetent than calling a timeout. Find a way to call timeout, to take time to think, or to check with somebody. You can say, I'll have to get back to you on that. Or, may I take a phone call? Or, could we take a quick break? ironically timeouts are most effective when the time pressure is on number 8 not putting yourself in the customer's shoes we go into negotiations knowing our objectives sensing our leverage realizing our constraints and concerned about the risks of a failed negotiation customers are thinking about the same things from their perspective yet how often do we take the time to view the negotiation from the prospect's perspective We guess at what some of their objectives may be, but do we consider what they may view as limitations to their leverage or how they see our leverage? Do we think about the risks they may be worried about if we deadlock? And do we understand some of the differences the various influencers in their organization may have with each other regarding our negotiation? Number nine, letting egos interfere. The salesperson to whom winning is more important than striking a good deal is dangerous. Many times we can strike a better deal if we can make the prospect feel he has won a little more than we have. A sales exec once said to me, Give me a salesperson to whom substance is more important than ego, and I'll give you more profits. The problem we have is that the guilty parties... See that as a trite statement. Number 10, inattentive follow-through. The important thing here is to understand the difference between sales follow-up and negotiations follow-through. Negotiations follow-through involves looking for negotiating problems and opportunities, renegotiating, and setting the stage for future negotiations and to getting the deal done. Well, we all commit some of these crimes from time to time. Each of us probably has two or three favorites. Try to understand which two or three crimes you're guilty of most often, then do something about it. And the something about it, I'm going to touch on some of that right now, but and we'll talk about it in future podcasts. Here's the list again in summary, just so you can think about them. The 10 biggest crimes. 1. Inadequate planning time. 2. Weak information gathering. Failing to negotiate internally first. 4. A rigid mindset. 5. Giving concessions too early. 6. Responding too quickly to each demand. 7. Not calling timeout. 8. Not putting yourself in the customer's shoes. 9. Letting egos interfere. And 10. Inattentive follow through. So, reflecting on these crimes, let's look at four characteristics of effective sales negotiators. Number one, they plan and prepare. They spend five weeks in planning for a large and involved team negotiation or five minutes to plan a short, routine call negotiation. They get themselves ready both substantively and emotionally to negotiate. They have clearly defined negotiating objectives. Number two, they negotiate internally first. They gain the internal commitments to fulfill the customer commitments they negotiate. They are clear as to how much risk their management is willing to take. They understand internal priorities, that is margin versus volume, and other other things like that. They are creative. They find ways to reshape the total product offering toward a win-win. They look for new trade-offs and combinations. And they keep asking what if, and they keep putting that what if question out to the prospect. And finally, number four, they're willing to take reasonable risks. They are willing to walk away. They don't feel compelled to respond to every demand. And they are disciplined to courteously hang tough. Well, and there you have it. The 10 most serious crimes in sales negotiation. Part one of our occasional series on getting to win in sales negotiating. We look forward to going forward with other issues and remedies, so to speak, around sales negotiation in future podcasts. So for more information on this program, our program today, or any of our podcasts, or anything we do at The Collaborative, please contact us at 888-580-9473 or email us at podcast at the-collaborative.com. And of course, we'd love to hear your feedback about anything you see on our website, on our blog, in these podcasts. Again, 888-580-9473 or email podcast at the-collaborative.com. So, until next time, keep on collaborating.